Welcome to the Polygon Show. I'm your host, Simone de Rochefort. Just kidding, I'm Chelsea Stark. <laughs> you barely leaned into that. Okay. You're like, oh, just kidding, I'm, I'm Chelsea. Let me do it. You want me to do it again? <laughs> yes. Okay. Try your best Simone impression. What is Simone? I'm going to let you what answer that Simone? one. What what is that is a question we've all been asking for years. <laughs> Welcome to the Polygon Show. I'm your host, Simone de Rochefort. <laughs> cannot do this and the more I think about it the the more I think about what is Simone the more I want to die <laughs> wow um Simone we love you we love you <laughs> even though Chelsea uh, just said it makes her want to die no I just think about I think about existentially inhabiting someone else's body would be very uncomfortable mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> welcome to the polygon show I'm your host Chelsea Stark we're switching things up this week because Simone is out of town so Welcome back, Allegra Frank. Hello. And welcome to the first time ever on the Polygon show, Petrana Radulovich. Yay. Hello. Polygon's favorite entertainment reporter, Junior. Whoa. whoa. (laughs) I was going to say, you're setting up a lot of qualifiers that you can't actually. Karen has been on the show. Petrana, for people who don't know you, what should they know? What should they know? Um, I am... I have taken over Allegra's title as the baby at Polygon, mm-hmm. and um, I am a junior entertainment reporter, and I like watching cartoons. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put those in, like, order of most important, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just you, reminding me of my mortality. I mean, the things I think about you is that you stole the uh, inflatable golden oh, swan from yeah, that too. the fancy um, garbage table. You might know me on Twitter for my phrase, very cash money, which is not actually my <laughs> phrase, but something I co-opted and just like used. Yes, you're known for cash money. Yes, which I did not come up with. I actually don't know the origins of it, but I co-opted it and have overused to death. So. You are very cash money. Thank you. You're wearing a podcast cape. I am wearing a podcast cape because it is cold. Yeah, you have a cardigan and a <laughs> cape. It is very cold. I am from Florida. Oh, yeah, that's true. She Important, is. That's another thing. <laughs> Important Patrona facts. I'm literally sitting here in like a short dress with short sleeves. I saw my friend this morning and he was like, you look like an extra from Rush Hour 3, which I still don't understand what that means. But y'all are like, "You're I'm cold. And I'm like, mm, I'm sweating all over the place, but it's okay. For 15th floor is bad, okay? It's cold up there. It is mm. very cold. And I feel like I'm right under a vent. A vent follows me around. Because this is I'm true. Just, I cannot get warm. Vent follows, my favorite horror movie. Oh. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I, the best part of recording this podcast is making Ross laugh in the booth. <laughs> Honestly, it is the best. So this week, we're going to talk about Fire Emblem again. If you were mad about us talking about Fire Emblem, too bad. It's going to keep happening. I would be shocked if anyone listening to the show was mad about that. I'm, I would, yes. They because all, everyone's like a horny Nintendo fan, I assume. I assume too. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to talk about some anime stuff. Uh, it's exciting. And talking about Intelligent Cube and Rocco's Modern Life on Netflix. Yo, it's a packed show. We've got a lot to get to. Mm-hmm. So, Petrana, you're brought to this table today to defend your controversial bu- viewpoint. Yes. So, um, I have realized very quickly on, I chose the Blue Lion's House and Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, I assumed that the houses would be 
divvied up pretty evenly and everyone would be like getting along and like respect each other's choices. But everyone on Twitter is very, very mad about the Blue Lions. At least that's how it was initially. But now they're like coming around to them. Why were they mad? They said that it looked boring. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I, I I don't understand why. Um, because I will add that on Tumblr, everyone was incredibly for the Blue Lions immediately. That's my favorite reason ever for people on Twitter being mad. Like they're mad because they think it's boring. Well, okay, <laughs> so, so tell me about your favorite members of the Blue Lions and like why you were like, yes, this is my house. Um, so I picked based on the Lords at first, and Dimitri. I have like two very specific um, types, not types. <laughs> two very specific <laughs> qualities I look for in fictional men. One of them is being named Dimitri, and the other is that '90s fringe cut, which both of which can be attributed to the to Anastasia, the, <laughs> the, the classic DreamWorks movie. Oh my god, I remember seeing that in middle school. Ooh. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so Dimitri, floppy hair. I was like, all right, I'm already gonna pick this. But then as I got to know these students, all of the boys are just really, really tragic and sad and angry, and I love them, and the girls are very, very sweet and just trying their best, and they all have horrible self-esteem and abandonment issues, and I just want to protect them and love them, and people don't understand this. That's so that's so sweet and nice, and also sad, surprising that Allegra didn't pick this house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, honestly, I am superficial, as I've explained in previous episodes, Many, many previous episodes. <laughs> um, and I literally chose, I chose Black Eagles, which is very popular, I think, right? On yeah, Twitter, and Twitter it's like probably the most popular. Yeah, and honestly, I chose them because they're red. Yeah. And that was the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about Blue Lines, too, because I seem to recall, I can't really remember who's in what house right now, but they have the hottest boys, would you say? I would say that. Yeah. I, I, so I've been saying that blue has the best boys and black has the best girls. And then mm-hmm. gold just has like the funnest people. Yes. The people that you want to hang with. Yeah, the late. people that you would realistically want to hang out with. Because I feel like black and blue both have like way too much personal trauma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're the sad houses. They're the sad, angry houses, and then Gold's just like, hey, what up? <laughs> yeah. Wait, which one is uh, Bernadetta in? Red. Yeah, yeah Black Eagle. She seems like a lot. I love her. Okay. She's. I feel so bad for her. <laughs> she's so sweet. Yeah, she's great. So do you have like a BF or GF or anything in Blue Lines yet? Um, okay, so <laughs> um, as I am currently torn between... I was like totally just gonna go for Dimitri but then the like flirty guy ended up just surprising me because all of his support combos mm. with all the characters are really really sweet oh Syl- Sylvain yeah so yeah. I'm like torn between the two of them and what I am honestly going to do is right before you have to like choose who you end up with I'm gonna save the game and then just do both of them in separate save files oh <laughs> yeah I cannot choose you cannot choose Okay, so I still have not started playing because of the text size issue we were talking about and also because of playing something else, but the only reference I have for Sylvain is the creepy picture that Allegra sent me of him giving Ingrid a back rub. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Great. It's so... Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, so he is the fuck boy. He is. Um but- but I, I but, like uh, him too. He's, so he's Patrana's fuck yes, boy. He yeah, is. you know what, Patrana? I I somehow can see it. <laughs> 
you're like Trana is a sweet, lovely girl, but I can see her love in the fuck boy. <laughs> I can see it. It's because she's from Florida. No. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, Florida. I don't even know what that means. I don't know either. Um so do you feel like the your like your choice has paid off now that you've spent a lot of time with the Blue Lions? Uh yeah. I like the route that it's going. It's definitely the more like lawful good of the routes from what I can tell, just oh. from like poking around on social, um, which I'm fine for. And it does resemble the more typical like awakening sort of style where you're like following your lord who wants to fight the bad guys sort of deal. Versus I feel like um just from what I've been talking to with people that the other ones follow like different paths which if that's for you that's cool but I'm totally fine with keeping the formula and protecting the innocent. Would you are you going to play other paths when you finish? I honestly don't know if I can because I know that Dimitri doesn't survive the other one. What? Fucking The only the only lord who makes it out of all the paths alive is Name redacted. I feel like we might have to like timestamp the spoiler. Yeah. I don't know. Also, come on. Name redacted. Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea hasn't even played it, even she's like, that's fucked up. I'm aware of the situations, <laughs> even if I haven't played. Wow. God, I want to die now. <laughs> well, I. It's interesting that you say that that's the lawful good route because the perception I got w- before I chose mm-hmm. was there was something going on with Dimitri. Oh, yeah. Which it's is, like is that still true? Okay, so he so without spoilers. Without spoilers, he has like very very bad PTSD because of something that happened in his past. Okay. And basically it gets to the point where his worst fear is realized and he just like kind of snaps and his whole thing is that he wants to avenge the dead. Mm-hmm. So he kind of the best equivalent I can think of is Hawkeye in Avengers Endgame oh, <laughs> during God. the five-year time skip. Ugh. Oh, Lord. So he gets an edgy mohawk and... <laughs> yeah, except it's an edgy eye patch. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, but he uh, he does get a little, like, obsessed, but his whole character arc is about realizing that he can't live for the dead and needs to, like, live for the living. And mm. it's actually... I enjoyed it. It was very nice and sweet. Oh. Okay, wow, that's interesting because... I definitely expected him to like try and kill everyone before the time skip, literally. And then there's no one else in the monastery anymore. They're all dead. Just a pile of bodies under the blue lion banner. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, this is, I don't know if you're making me regret not choosing blue lions because Edelgard's my bae. And what you said of like Black Eagles has the best girls is very true. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some good boys though. And also I recruited Sylvain, so like best of both worlds. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. But I have been debating replaying. I mean, I'm only eight hours in still because I'm a busy girl. But in a really? year, <laughs> I'm a busy girl who can't wake up is what really it is. Uh, in a year, when I finish my <laughs> playthrough, I think I will now try the Blue Lion storyline. You should. Everyone should. Yes. Don't listen to Twitter, basically. Don't listen to Twitter. Uh, yes. Um, so let's also then transition. And with this transition, I'd like to bring on our secret special guest. Swerve! We just decided this before the show. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Orin High School Host Club, which is an anime. So we're bringing on 
anime expert and Polygon intern, Palmer Hosh. She's been here the whole time. Hi, everyone. I'm Palmer. I've been sitting here just quietly laughing <laughs> and dabbing every time someone mentions squad. <laughs> she dabs a lot. Dab to so pay respects, okay? A it's a brand. <laughs> um, Palmer is also best known by listeners of the show as the one who taught us what yeet means. Palmer, like, single-handedly changed our Slack culture by the introduction of yeet. Yeah. <laughs> There was this like tweet that Petrana made like a one year ago, like last week. That was something like Palmer has introduced yeet into my daily vocabulary, and I hate it. And look where we are now. <laughs> look where I we have, are. I have jeans that say yeet on the back. It's character development. You do. Baby. I do. It's like the little little like oh thing on the back. Okay, Petrana, you also showed me you have jeans that say hello. Yeah. <laughs> you okay, so as the American Eagle in the mall in my hometown where my oh. sister works, you can get those little like not like. Not like embroidered on the ass, but like those little like <laughs> yeah. Let's be clear, <laughs> the little logo things that normally say like the logo of the company that you're getting yeah. it from. You can get them um, customized to say something else for free. And oh, it's great. And so I, you what? did you customize the Yeet jeans? Yeah, I was or I was and like, hello. yeah, and hello, and what was the, I have another one. It's just an uwu face, I believe. <laughs> Oh my god. I like that you clarified it's not on the ass because now I'm just imagining you like Y E on one butt cheek. I mean, they should be like juicy couture sweatpants. I wear it on the Yeet ass jeans. (laughs) Potential title Yeet ass jeans. Oh my god. Yeet bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. Um, (laughs) I'm horrible. Anyway, Palmer's here. Palmer's here. We are going to talk about anime, but I think the original pitch, right, was that there is a connection to Fire Emblem. Yeah, there is a connection. All right, so first off, top line, what is this show for people who haven't uh, heard of it? I feel like Palmer can... Yeah, so Oron High School Host Club, in addition to being the most charming anime of all time, um, is basically about this, like, private academy called... Oron, um, where it's a bunch of rich people who like don't do anything and they just basically idle, except for this scholarship student named Haruhi, um, who got in because she's really, really smart. And so she definitely like doesn't fit in. Her family is like lower middle class um, and she's really just trying to study. So um, essentially she she shows up, she's looking for a place to study because everyone's like chatting in the library and she gets into this room and there's like rose petals everywhere. And long story short, she runs into a vase, ends up owing the school's host club, which is a bunch of dudes who are just like beautiful and entertain women and give them tea and stuff, um, ends up owing them like an 800,000 yen debt, <laughs> uh, which she does, she can't pay off. And so she agrees to become like their, they call it the host club's dog. So like run and get them like coffee and all that jazz. Um, and then they realize she's really charming. But the central conceit is that all of them think she's a boy at the beginning because she has short hair. So she spends the series like entertaining women as this like charming young man. And it's a thoughtful rumination on gender and friendship. Um, and it has a bang and opening theme. It does. It does. It's so good. Um, so Petrana, you're watching this like for the first time. Yes. I don't, I have not actually watched another anime, um, but I've had watched a bit of Oran in college wait ever ever what yeah <laughs> sorry yeah everyone has even seen one anime yeah, um, of all people surprise. who have never seen an anime what about pokemon oh yeah pokemon i guess I mean, but she <laughs> means like like anime like yeah, anime like, wait so what 
in your line of what is an anime, is Dragon Ball an anime or is it just yeah. some American weeb shit? <laughs> no, I would say it's like an anime. It's like it's like Pokemon is an anime, but like it's one that I think is so integrated into the American consciousness. Yeah, I don't think I think I don't think a normal American child would be like, that's an anime. No. <laughs> a normal child. <laughs> because they wouldn't know what anime is because they're not lonely losers <laughs> like us. <laughs> All the cool kids were into Naruto in like 2007. Dang, that's true. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. But they didn't know it was anime. Wow. Well, <laughs> they just were like, yep, he's just running. <laughs> it's not anime. Um, so P, pa- uh, yeah. Trana, not Palmer. I don't Double need P. Pa- two P's. <laughs> it's always confusing because I always call Patrana P, but there's two of them. Um, <laughs> Trana. So how the heck did you end up starting the show? Because it's old. Um, I think I had just seen GIF sets on Tumblr. A while ago, and I started to watch it, like I said, back in college, and I just stopped because I think I picked up Doctor Who at the same time, which, um, you know, 2013, that's how it, that's how it rolled. But then I was like, oh, I kind of want to give this a second try. So I did, and I'm very much enjoying it because it's just like light, sweet stuff. Episodes are 25 minutes, which is great. And yeah. So why is it like the Blue Lions? All right, so... Drop this. So <laughs> I saw a fan art of the Blue Lions boys as the Oran High School Host Club boys, and it fit very, very well because you have, first of all, you have like the strong silent type, and the do in the Blue Lions is just like this very stoic, like intimidating looking fan. And what's his? Mori? Is Mori. That, yeah, Mori Senpai. Mori Senpai. Is like the third year, and his like whole shtick is being like the tall, brooding, silent, handsome one. And then you have like the younger, like sort of like cutesy character, and that's Honey Senpai in Oran. And it, in Blue Lions, it's Ash, who's like the youngest of the boys, and he's like very wide eyed and like wants to be a knight so he can do good things. And he also has a very tragic backstory, and I love him. Um, and then you have the like cold calculating guy um, with the glasses. This guy's name I can never remember. It's Kyoya. Yes. So he's like the mastermind of the club, and he's always kind of like distant from everyone else emotionally. And in Blue Lions, that's Felix, who is just kind of a dick, but also <laughs> knows what's going on more so than anyone else. And no one listens to him until like post time skip, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, Felix was right this whole time." <laughs> and then um. Well, Sylvain is was done as like one of the two twins who are like the mischievous kind of playful types, which he definitely is. Um, he also has a brother who you don't really see in the game, but like he uh-huh. does exist. And then um, Tamaki, who is the president of the club and like the princely type, is Dimitri. And even though Tamaki is definitely like an idiot and Dimitri <laughs> isn't, it's still the sor- same sort of like like princely royal yeah. regal type they have like the same haircut they do have Dimitri's the same haircut. hair is a little more stringy yeah. and like so the fluffy blondes like 90s bowl mm. cut fringe thing that's not actually a bowl cut but and he's favorite. your favorite yes of the host he club is. Mm-hmm. but i also like the twins mm. so once again i'm torn between <laughs> <laughs> predictable between fringe haircut and fuckboy yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> red haired fuckboy Oh my god! Um, so, watching this show now, is there anything that you kind of like with a new perspective, with like twenty and nineteen knowledge? I don't know. Is does it still hold up? Does it feel weird at all? Um, there's definitely some like jokes that haven't aged well. When is this from? I actually 2002. don't. Two thousand two. Oh my yeah. god! 
It's yeah. that, that old? old? I think early two. Yeah, it's like mid. It's like mid. How are you watching it? Netflix. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legally, I swear. <laughs> Um, yeah, I remember watching it uh, on DVD. Remember back in the day? I'm looking at Palmer. What's that? <laughs> when you had to watch anime like volume by volume on DVD. <laughs> I actually tell me you remember. I didn't do that, but what I did do was like on YouTube, you'd be like, Code Geass R2, episode one, part two of three. Like, yes. And you'd watch it in like 13 chunk, like yeah. 13 minute segments. I used to have to do that too with stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. that sucked. Um, but we watched it on DVD, my sister and I. Um, and I remember it being like very cute and I really enjoyed it. But there was something weird, I guess, about Haruhi being like immediately seen as a boy. And I wonder how that holds up. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's still, especially like with Haruhi re gender, like that still reads well in mm-hmm. 2019 in the respect that she's just kind of like, she has this line where she's like, I don't really care if you see me as a boy or a girl, just see me for who I am. Yeah. So, like, for her, gender isn't something that's particularly important, um, even though, like, everyone else around her is obsessing over it so much. Um, and that's basically, like, a lot of the humor in the series is from, like, there's an episode where she has to get physical tests done. So it's the host cub, like, just freaking out, trying to make sure that the doctors don't find out that she's oh, actually yeah. a girl. Um, and so it's really, like, it's, it's, I think, the message, especially with Haruhi's character still like holds up. I don't think that's something that aged badly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely I remember being like, oh, this could go weird and badly, mm-hmm. like being gender essentialist or stereotypical about like what it means to be a woman versus a guy. Mm-hmm. But it was cool to see like a main character really say, as you said, like, I'm just me. Like I don't care if you think or if you say I'm a girl or a guy, like that is irrelevant to me. Mm-hmm. Um, which was so interesting with the show, especially because it is so light and cutesy. With, as you said, banging theme song. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Chelsea, you gotta listen to the theme. I song. I did listen to the theme song. It is banging, but I don't know. I can't add anything. I'm not. Gonna <laughs> <speak. Mine laughs> is banging. My it favorite is character bang. is at one point they meet this girl who's like obsessed with visual novels and dating sims, mm. and she declares herself their manager and like there's one episode that's like really about her like coming to terms with the fact that real life isn't like her video games but she continues to appear in subsequent episodes (laughs) and she like lives below the room the host club is in and so every time every so often she just like rises from the floor to give them (laughs) advice and, and she has this great. like killer. Are you watching it in English or Japanese? I'm watching it in Japanese. Oh, okay. I, I watched it in middle school and I watched it in English at that point. And her English VA is just so good because she has this killer laugh. Like it's 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 cinematic every time she rises <laughs> from the floor on this platform. Like Wow, that's super spooky and kind of amazing. <laughs> um so you're watching it on Netflix. That sounds rad. People should watch this old ass anime. Yeah. Yeah, I would love if there were other people like somehow weirdly discovering it now. <laughs> I like I forget watch that in middle school myself. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And it's crazy that that's your first anime. I guess my question to you is are you going to keep watching anime now? Um, I've had a friend recommend me, I think Madoka Magic. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is that little uh, It's just it's okay. known for being like terribly depressing All right. and also pretty gay, which is, I think, a plus. Okay. I haven't watched it. <laughs> I haven't watched it, but it's good. People yeah. like it. Yeah, I feel like I would try to find like more like lighthearted, fun ones. If mm-hmm. that one's depressing, then maybe not. But like, yeah, 
I'm more open-minded now. Also, easily watchable is a, another big oh, thing. Oh, that's because, true. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to recommend you some, and I have no idea where you could watch them or buy them. So that's <laughs> <laughs> literally don't know. But uh, I'm sure Palmer can help you. Oh, yeah, I can hook you up. Me, yeah. Give me a guide. <laughs> yeah. No. Palmer just like pulls out a trunk of like anime. Well, you said you had no d- anime DVDs either. I don't have any DVDs. Um, I don't have any way to watch a DVD in the year of our Lord, <laughs> 2019. Um, I, oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. but oh, I no, do. Laptops stop coming with the yeah the CD drive. I had yeah, to you buy can't a CD even drive. you don't even know the she word even say it. This is it's what, called a thing. disc. <laughs> thing. Are those the floppy ones or no, the ones that put no. the CDs in the- Floppy oh, ones can only no. hold 1.44 megabytes, okay? <laughs> did you even- still use floppy disks in school, Palmer? No, but okay. we did. We did have a thing about like piracy, and it was this song where it was like, don't copy, don't copy that floppy. <laughs> I've heard I've heard yeah. don't copy that floppy right? and I'm d- depressed because like, your class would clearly well, be like excuse me what we don't we, it, this was like 2011 right I think I was in eighth grade and we were all like what's a floppy disk like I don't what the <laughs> hell we used them in fourth grade um, when we were like learning how to use a computer we all had our like designated floppy disks but um wow I don't think my sister used them after me that's so. still very weird because yeah I don't think I ever used a floppy disk ever I remember receiving Reader Rabbit on multiple floppy disks. <laughs> that game came Reader on like Rabbit. yes, great game. Came on five floppy disks. Oh my god! Wow. I can't. All, but it still that means the game size is like less than nine megabytes. Yeah, like seven megabytes. That's insane. <laughs> That's like one song. I know. I know. Wow. Very old. Allegra. Speaking of old things. <laughs> Wow, what? <laughs> no, I'm talking about Intelligent Cube. That's real nice come from you, Chelsea. That was a dig Aww. back at you about how you're old, but you're not, you're beautiful. Not that they're mutually explicit. Anyway, yep. Yeah. I was talking about the game that you put into the document that you wanted to talk about. <laughs> Intelligence Cube. If I'm not asked to leave the show now. Um, yes. I, I I know that the audio will not pick up the eye lasers that I'm beaming at your head, but damn. Everyone, it, like the tension is palpable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tana doesn't need her cape anymore because it's so warm in here Thank now. Thank you. Because <laughs> yeah. of all the heat. She's taken off all her layers now. Mm-hmm. The cardigan. Wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> Stop, being, <laughs> Stop being weird. I don't know what to say. Talk about this game. Okay, Intelligence Cube. Clearly not a game for me because you have to be smart. So it is on the PlayStation Classic, which I played this weekend for the first time. Um, I know a lot of people thought the PlayStation Classic sucked, and all those people were right. But there is one (laughs) reason why it is dope AF. It has this game, Intelligence Cube, which is very, it's, I don't know if it's notorious, but it's known for being one of those like very hard to find games. Came back out in like the late nineties and it had a very small run. Um, it's, it's like a cult classic basically. And you know, copies of it now, physical copies go for like almost a hundred dollars or something. So the fact that it was included on the PlayStation classic was super dope. Did you ever play it, Chelsea? No, I've never played it. Okay, so I didn't have a PS One until oh, yeah. my brother had one, and I exclusively used it to play Tekken. Mm-hmm, that that tracks. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, yeah, I had never. I had obviously never played it either. I didn't have a PlayStation One um, until after I got a PlayStation Four. I don't know why that makes sense, but it, it happened. So uh, we were playing it, my friend and I, and we were like, "Oh, this game, like." I told him, oh, you know, I've always heard this game is kind of cool. I want to try it out. So it's a puzzle game 
in a very creepy world. Like you're in a void, basically. All there is is you as this little man who apparently is named Elliot, I found out. And you're on this platform made of all these cubes. And the goal is to basically not get knocked off that platform as more rows of cubes come toward you. So there's like rows of cubes sitting on top of that platform you're on that move toward the edge of the platform. So you're you're trying to move around. So you're basically, what you can do is you can clear individual blocks, uh, individual cubes so that you're not knocked off the platform. So you're basically trying to time the deactivation so that you like, you know, can maneuver around this platform without the cube like hitting you. So you're like setting a sort of like detonation like bomb on a platform that the cube is about to like come over. Like, does that make sense? No, all three of us are staring at you like. (laughs) It's hard. So just imagine like a grid. Right. And you're standing on the grid. And there are these blocks coming toward where you're standing on the grid. And the only way to not get knocked out by the block is like to clear it. Like so how do you like, how do you clear it? That's maybe the, the so the way you clear it is it's moving down the grid and it goes on top of another row of blocks. So before it hits that row of blocks, you can like select one of those blocks, and then when another block goes on top of the block you selected, it clears them both out. Oh, okay. It's yeah. one of those things that like you have to see, I guess. But it's essentially a puzzle game about clearing the board. So, yeah, like just think like you have to clear the board and like Tetris or a match three thing. It's basically like that. But it's really hard because um, it is constantly moving, like the blocks are constantly moving and you can only get rid of one at a time. And you're not supposed to get rid of there's these black cubes called forbidden cubes. And yeah, (laughs) they're actually horrifying. You're not supposed to get rid of them. And if you do, like, you're already screwed. Like, even if you clear the whole board, you're you just loose. Um, so <laughs> we were playing, and we there's also this thing called the advantage cube, which will select multiple blocks at once. So you're trying to like clear out an so like a, a mega power up, basically. Yeah, basically. So if you choose an advantage cube, it will clear out all the blocks in its vicinity on the board. Um, but if that includes like the black forbidden cubes, then you just screwed yourself over, um, because also the black like the black cubes, the forbidden cubes, speed up the like the rate that the blocks are falling. Oh, that's fun, fun, yeah. fun, fun. <laughs> Basically, as you maybe can tell, the game is called Intelligence Cube, cube with a Q. IQ, you're supposed to be very hey, smart. Yes, I see it now. <laughs> so my friend and I, he's very smart. You guys know me. I struggled. <laughs> I struggled, but I love puzzle games and he also loves puzzle games. So we are like, we are going to beat this. There's a two player mode where you go back and forth. Like basically you're each trying to win five rounds in a row. And uh, he didn't win a single one. So (laughs) it took us over an hour to beat like the verses, but I won. I got five in a row Um, because it's really just about learning like speed like kind of like with any you know match game, if you play it long enough, you're like, oh, I know this should go here, this should go here. I have to clear out these so that these don't fall and like kill me. And um, it was basically like that that we both were just kind of staring, sitting on the floor playing the PlayStation Classic, trying to learn the patterns of these cubes. Um, 
and <laughs> was just like we were both staring and like cursing and not really saying intelligible things. And eventually we were just like, forbidden cube. Ah, oh, yes, advantage. <laughs> Don't. And we're just like, oh, yes, okay. It's no advantage. And we're like, yeah, forbidden. It's like it, we were devolving because we were putting all of our mental energy into this game. But I love that so much about puzzle games because I just get so fixated, you know? Mm. Like if you guys ever really got into like, you know, I loved Peggle and I love Tetris and things like that. I know you like Tetris a lot, Chelsea. Yeah. Right? Like you're just staring at it for so long that that is just your language now where everything you're thinking about, like when you close your eyes, is just like, oh, dang, can I like clear the advantage cube here or will <laughs> it knock out all the black forbidden cubes and then knock me off the platform? Which the, is scary. Having the Tetris effect makes me super disturbed. And then, then I'm like, yep, I have to quit playing video games forever. Because mm -hmm. just like that, oh, my brain got a little scrambled and I've taken in too much. Yeah, literally it is that. Like I used to get that way, the Tetris effect, right where you see it in your head. Um, with Rock Band, which I think is also like a puzzle game. No, yes, literally it is. You, you get the like muscle memory tight enough mm -hmm. and it just like... It, it goes. You can go on autopilot. You don't even, your eyes glaze over and yeah. you're just like one I with the plastic drum set. I at rock band. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same. I could never go past like medium, honestly. I would, we ha we went to my aunt's house and she had the one with the guitar set and my sister, me and my brother all operated, or the drum set, all operated the drum set because we could. All three of you. <laughs> That's so much harder. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Well then, like, look, she was on like green and red. I was on blue and yellow, and then my brother did the thing at the bottom. Oh, the oh my god! <laughs> the bass foot pedal. Yeah. Yeah, the bass. Admittedly, when they when I got to songs that added the foot pedal, I took me so long to because I was like, uh, I can't move both my hands and my feet at the same time. I know, especially because it's like different motions too. You know? Yeah, like that one was really where it was like kind of that thing where you have to look past the screen and you're just like, nope, I. Just know it. Yeah. Yeah. It is exactly like what you're saying, though. Palmer of like muscle memory. Like mm -hmm. I would close my eyes hours later after playing rock band for like I would treat it like band practice yeah. and I would play for like six hours by myself. And then I would close my eyes and I'm still seeing the notes for like say it ain't so or something. Mm -hmm. And honestly, Intelligence Cube was getting weirdly to yeah. that point for a game that only has like black and white cubes. And um, is like in a creepy void and has like scary music. <laughs> That's the other thing. It's like in a really weird purgatory. And we were trying to figure out like, what's the story? Why is this man just here alone with cubes? We don't know that. We don't know. The worst part though, so I mentioned like the cubes can knock you off the platform. Mm -hmm. Right. If you get knocked off, you fall and you're screaming to your death. But it's like it cuts away to like your, a falling animation. You're just like, ah, and then it cuts to like, you're still falling again. <laughs> it's like I just was like, oh, I wish he progressively <laughs> falls for longer and longer amounts of time this the more is, you lose. It's like that bit in um Spy Kids 2 where they're falling down the <laughs> Oh, the classic. And then it's they're just falling just down the, the volcano. volcano that's pushing air. Yeah, up. yes. They're screaming for so long and then it cuts and it's just like Carmen and Junie like floating like ten feet above the yeah. ground. That's <laughs> good a good movie. movie. Very good movie. Really good classic. movie. Classic. Spy Kids 2. Love it. Um, yeah, so it's on PlayStation Classic, speaking of classic, haha. And it's uh, it's really fun. I think you, if you have access to is, PlayStation Is it classic, still worth paying $30 or whatever now they're dropped to to buy? Honestly, because like, as I said, that game was going for like $90 or something, like the original disc. Hmm. I would say it's worth it. Like, I really am enjoying this game. And I only played versus mode, so like, I didn't even get to try playing like 
the single player, which has increasing levels, and apparently you can unlock new modes and characters when you beat stuff. So, like, I think it's honestly worth it. I mean, there's also, like, Final Fantasy VII and all that crap on there, too, but Metal Gear Solid. Um, but Intelligence Cube, it's uh, fun. It's fun. Yeah. It is fun. You also watched Rocco's... So, what is the name of the title of the Rocco's Netflix movie? Yeah. What? Um, yes. So... I also, with the same friend, I had a very busy weekend consuming media. I also forgot to mention I watched all of the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> Even the Squeakle? The oh, squeakle. I got the squeakle. one where they go on the cruise? Yeah. It's called Chipwrecked. There's four of them. <laughs> so <laughs> um, we watched them because I'll get to Rocco in a second, but they have YouTube. It's kind of like what you were describing, Power, about how they have those movies in chunks. Mm-hmm. Or not movies, anime in chunks yeah. back in the day. Someone uploaded all the Chipmunks movies oh. as like funniest scenes from like Alvin and Chipmunks, but it's really just like the whole movie condensed into like 20 minutes. So we watched every single Alvin and Chipmunks movie what a condensed to 20 minutes. I was. I mean, how I was, would you rank them? Oh shit! Um, we actually did rank them when we were hanging out. First one is top one is the first one. Okay, Alvin Chipmunks. I would say the next one would be honestly, it'd be Chipwrecked. It would be Chipwrecked, which is just like a fun loving movie where they all end up on an island and everybody's uh, on an island. <laughs> I love those little those kind of movies. Um, then I would say the Squeakle because they didn't have as much Dave, who's their adoptive father. It was Zachary Levi who was an ass. <laughs> Zachary <laughs> Levi been all four movies? He's only in the second one, the Squeakle, and oh, I did not like him. Who was he in the first one? He wasn't even in the first well, one. Who was their adoptive Oh, Jason Lee. And okay. then he. They Jason could not Lee, get the same date. <laughs> oh, here's the thing. Jason Lee is in the second one, but he gets into a horrible accident in the beginning of the movie what? and is like bedridden for the rest of it. So they get new. They get. Zach. Oh, my God. I like how they explain that away because a lot of times they just replace the actor if they yeah, can't afford no. them. He literally is in it. Like, this is a new scene. They show him getting horribly broken. And then they go and they're like sent off to go hang out with Zachary Levi. And he's like, he lives with their grandma. I think that. That's his brother or his cousin or something. And he lives with their grandma. Is she a chipmunk? No. They're no, they're all humans, Chelsea. <laughs> and they go and they're like, hey, grandma. And somehow they accidentally knock grandma like down the stairs. What? And she's just gone for this. I'm pretty sure they killed her. <laughs> so it's a lot. Squeakwell just has some issues. <laughs> but my least favorite so wait, is the road the- chip one. Can <laughs> road chip? Road chip. <laughs> I drink water at the wrong moment. My least favorite was road chip. Anyway, here's my my question, concern, issue. You said most hilarious scenes of every movie condensed down to 20 minutes. So one of the most hilarious scenes of Squeakle was someone getting in a horrible accident. I mean, to be honest, it was the funniest scene of all. <laughs> two, two people getting in horrible. Accident. Literally, it's like Dave gets into this like complete. He's in a full body cast, and then it's like, uh oh, oh. Also, I think the chipmunks are the reason why he got hurt. No, I mean, yes, of course. Um, so they're like, ah, shit, and he's like, you gotta go to Toby's. Toby is Zachary Levi. And so they're like, okay. And then they get off at the airport and they're like, hi, Toby. Hi, Grandma. And then I don't know what they do. Maybe they're like, oh, Grandma. And then they jump on her. Wait, they they, <laughs> they let these these let these animated chipmunks get on a plane after they murdered Dave? <laughs> do they all share one seat? 
I don't do they, or do you check them in like pets? Like in the oh yeah, three carriers well, under the cargo bike. They flew by themselves. <laughs> I don't know. At that age, they would have needed like TSA like Un- escorted kid. That's yeah. true. Honestly. I don't think the flight scene was one of the most hilarious scenes. So it was not included in the compilation, so I don't know what happens there. Oh my god! But they did kill Grandma. So anyway, yeah, road trip's the worst one. I don't even remember what goes on. Road trip sucks. And they got rid of the best character in the movies, which was David Cross's character, whose name is like Ian, which is like the stupidest name for a villain ever. David Cross is in these movies. He's in the first three. Mm-hmm. He's in three of the movies. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so I'm so concerned about David Cross. Can someone help him? He adopts the chipettes, which oh, are the, the girl, the girl chipettes. Oh. Yeah, who probably cause the same amount of trouble and deaths and deaths. You know, why would anyone adopt any of these chipmunks? I don't think they killed anyone, but they probably hurt people. I think Ian got hurt in oh. every movie. Okay. He's in like a weird costume for most of the shipwrecked one. David Cross, are you okay? Like Call in this a number. Duck suit or something. Anyways, so I watched the Rocco special <laughs> before we watched the Chipmunks movies. Before we spent an hour watching all four Chipmunks movies. That's all you need. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm like a little happier knowing that you didn't actually watch, watch all four. Yeah, right. <laughs> Literally, I'm so glad we found them because we were like, oh, where do we stream them? And thankfully, my friend. Wait, so you went in wanting to watch the Chipmunks movies before you found the compilation? We were going to watch them in full. Why? (laughs) I don't know. My friend was like, we have to watch all the Chipmunks movies. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Don't you like have a crush on Alvin, though? Yeah, I do. Yeah. That's true. I mean, that tracks. Is Alvin the one voiced by Justin Long? Yes. Okay. I know Matthew Gray Goobler voices another one of them. He is Simon. Yes. But I don't know who the other one Jesse is. Jesse McCartney is the other <laughs> That's great. Here's the thing, Patrona. They all sound the freaking same. <laughs> so, like, I was, I was thinking about that. I'm like, famous stars. They just, they set up their voices to be unrecognizable. It literally is like, starring Justin Long. It's like, bitch, no, it's not. It's <laughs> It does not sound like anybody. Justin Long took a nap and got a big paycheck. Good for him. I like the idea of like Justin Long showing up, not realizing they're going to pitch him up or something. And he's like trying to do a chipmunk voice the whole time. And he's just like, Alvin. And it's like, Justin, you don't need to do that. Uh, but yeah, so Rocco. Can you tell me about Rocco's modern life? Yeah, your your initial question, which was, what is it called? Yeah, what the? F- it's called Rocco's modern life static cling. Gotcha. Um, so I know Palmer and Petrana have never seen Rocco's Modern Life. Yes, this is not. deeply upsetting to me. <laughs> it is deep. It's well, deeply I mean, upsetting me too because Chelsea, obviously, you were um, watching it when it was on. My mom, by the way, the Rocco's Modern Life more than Rin and Stimpy was the show that my mom was like, "I won't make you stop watching it, but I have concerns." <laughs> it's a horny show. It is extremely horny, and I didn't. I was like in fourth grade when I watched it, mm-hmm. uh, which says a lot about me, mm-hmm. and. I didn't really realize like all the horniness went over my head until I rewatched it as an adult. Yeah, there's a lot of masturbation jokes. Uh, there's a one where he's a phone sex worker. Yeah. Oh. There's one where he's having an affair with his neighbor. But by, by the way, the, the phone sex worker, all he goes is "Oh baby, oh baby, oh baby," <laughs> which is honestly one of the best jokes of the show. It's That's so how I flirt. That's not working yet, but I'll oh, let you baby. know. Oh baby, oh baby. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so Rock's Modern Life. 
I don't really, there's not a lot to say. It's just about this wallaby named Rocco who's so cute. I didn't even know what animal he was. He's a wallaby, yeah. <laughs> He's Australian and he has two best friends, Heifer, who's a cow, and Filbert, who's a turtle. And uh, the premise of Static Cling is that they somehow rocketed Rocco's house into space and it's just the three of them living in his house for 20 years, floating around the earth, like orbiting the earth, which made me very upset because why? <laughs> why would you do that? I don't know. And then I got so mad because one of the first jokes, it, I won't really spoil much. I, I, there's not a lot to spoil, but there is a joke early on where Heifer stands up and Heifer, like one of his character traits is he's just very large, okay. which you know yeah. it's from the 90s uh so they look like he's fighting with filbert and then rocco or filbert one of them is like heifer what's on your butt and they find that heifer was sitting on an eject button for 20 years that's literally like this is how you go back to earth like landing button and it's like god damn it heifer i was so mad i literally was like fucking heifer filbert has children i may not find that relatable <laughs> You'd be sitting on the eject button. Yeah. God. It's I like, lose our remote or my phone under my butt all mm, the time. On, Basically, yeah. it's a relatable content. Yeah. It was in his butt crack. Oh. So. Okay. That's not. Yeah. Neither. That's not as relatable. Not. I would hope. Not. Not comment. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they go back to Earth and they're stunned to find it is now 20 years later. So the 21st century. I don't actually know what year it's supposed to be, but, you know. Let's assume it's now. Um, and they're like, wow, it's so crazy. And I thought it was going to be like that the whole time where it's just like, oh, they have cell phones and internet. What's that? Thankfully, it wasn't. That was like pretty much relegated to the very beginning. And then it became more timeless story. And you guys probably know both this part. Palmer, I know you wrote this up for Polygon.com. Yeah. But the main thrust of the special, it's like an hour long. Is that Mr. and Mrs. Bighead, who are Rocco's neighbors, they have not been in contact with their child for, who knows, like also 20 years or something. And uh, his name was Ralph when they last saw him. And they he's best known for creating this wildly popular show called The Fatheads, which is just kind of like a, you know, a dumb sitcom. Um, it's incredibly stupid, but also very funny. And they're like, the town goes bankrupt, and they're like, oh, let's get our son to make the fatheads again, and we'll just like license it and air it, and we'll get a ton of money. But they haven't been in contact with Ralph. So Rocco goes on a journey to find Ralph Bighead. But as Palmer wrote up, and as they revealed before the episode came out, Ralph actually has transitioned. The whole thing was that Ralph went to go find himself, and he came out as a trans woman, Rachel. So it's really interesting because we never see that in <laughs> contemporary cartoons, really. Obviously, that's not true, right? How is it but, well, How is it handled? Because I have, I have concerns. <laughs> right, yeah, I also was sort of concerned. But what I read was that um, the person sort of in charge of trans representation from GLAAD yeah. worked on it. Yeah, so that's Nick Adams. Um, he's the director of like transmedia at GLAAD, um, and he does a lot of this kind of consultancy work. He worked on Danger and Eggs, which was an Amazon cartoon, um, but he consulted on Rachel's storyline just to kind of make sure that things like her character design didn't become like mockery of her femininity. Um, and from what I've heard, like people, people are really into it, and it was handled really well, so... We, yeah. st we stand Rachel. <laughs> we do. We stand a real one. I really liked her um, 
Ralph, as she was known in the original series, was like one of my favorite characters like ever. I loved her so much. I loved her as in Rachel, but in the original series a lot. So it was cool to see like she's happy because she was always like very cynical and depressed in the original series. So now she runs like owns an ice cream truck and it's nice. She's just driving around and she's like, you know, I do love my parents. I want to help them out. And it's really sweet. And everyone just kind of immediately accepts her except for her father, who is always very obstinate and he's like I have no daughter and then it's kind of like badly paced because like five minutes later he's like alright I have a daughter thanks you're great <laughs> but it's really cute because everyone is so accepting and loving and like when Rocco and his friends see Rachel for the first time they're just like hey you look great oh my god we missed you like oh Rachel okay cool I was like wow that's awesome like it's such a major plot point but it's not played dramatically really except for briefly when Rachel's father is like but even that it's like oh everyone hugs and loves each other yeah I mean and Mr. Big Head was like basically kind of like this grumpy neighbor foil in the original show and like Mm -hmm. was played up as a kind of a huge jerk so yeah interesting yeah and so Chelsea is someone who also loved the show it was like my one of my first favorite shows ever even though we were saying like I was not really alive when it was on either. But um, I remember watching in reruns all the time. The animation is beautiful. It looks very similar. Like it's just HD now um, and widescreen, but it looks very similar. All the voice acting is spot on. Oh, that's so good. It's literally like they brought everyone back, but they sound exactly the same. I was honestly shocked. Like it was, it literally was like, oh, they were in stasis for 20 years and now it's back. Like I thought the writing was still really sharp. The animation was beautiful. Like, I was really happy with it. I think the pacing of it and the storytelling was a little bit weird and forced because they were trying to do a lot. It's weird when they try to make a 30-minute show into a movie, no matter what. Yeah, especially because that show is always in, like, 11-minute segments Mm -hmm. anyway, except for Wacky Dally, which was the best episode. But, um, yeah, it was like, okay, this is running out on fumes toward the end. But I was just, like, sitting there... My friend wasn't as into it as me, but I was like, it's beautiful. You are not allowed to say a single word. It is beautiful and perfect. I am giving it an Oscar. And he's like, oh, it's not a movie. And I'm like, I don't care. It's, it's kind of a movie. Um, Does um, this give you high hopes for the Invader Zim one, which is also coming to Netflix? It's coming out this the day this episode's out. Oh. It will be on Netflix. Yeah. And the thing about the Invader Zim one is I don't know anything about it. So they had that big Rachel reveal like the day before or something that the... Rocco special went on Netflix but they haven't really said anything about what the Invader Zim special is about and I also loved Invader Zim did you guys watch that yeah okay well that was still popular like Always, I mean, yeah. Hot Topic got, like, has propped so, that show right. up for decades. Like, integrated you, into emo culture, so I knew yeah. you know, people who had yeah. the like hoodies yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but you didn't watch. I it. didn't watch it. I'm was... learning that you were the only cool person of the. Four okay, well, no, no, no. I mean, the the thing was, I was just not allowed to watch a lot of Nickelodeon shows because oh. they were like not family friendly. So mm. I was like, Invader Zim is a hundred percent not family yeah. friendly. <laughs> it is like So I watched a lot of Disney Channel, which was approved. And then mm. when I was And in- this and this is why you are this way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this actually tracks really well. Yeah. Yeah. And also Cartoon Network during the summers with my grandma because that was Aww. the only show, only kids channel in English. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. In Croatia? In Croatia, mm, yeah. Dang. 
Um, yeah, Invader Zim was. Uh, how old were you when you were watching it, Palmer? I think I was like twelve or thirteen. I mean, that's perfect, though. Yeah, I feel like that's that's the good age. That I feel like that was like twenty ten ish, and when it really had a resurgence, or when everyone like I knew was getting into it, and yeah. so like. Yeah, it was in like reruns or yeah, something. 2010 yeah. was like a big resurgence. Oh my god! So, well, why did it resurge? I so it came out when I was 17, which was that's just like yeah, Chef's Kiss, perfect, the best time. Yeah. yeah, so like the best time to watch that show because it's like, oh, I'm 17 and love dark yeah. things <laughs> where people have too many organs and all of the etc. So and yeah, conversely, I was seven and also loved it. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, it really, you know, it's got a broken robot and all of those things. I remember going abroad that summer that came out um, to Nigeria, where my mom is from. And it's sort of a similar thing as to what you're saying, Patron, of like there wasn't much in English or just like for kids, mm-hmm. including there was no Nickelodeon. And I remember distinctly being so upset that I could not watch Invader Zim while I was away as a seven-year-old. And I was like, just want to watch Invader <laughs> Zim like the whole summer. I don't care about this great experience I'm having. <laughs> I just want to watch Invader Zim. Um, which, yeah, very telling. I loved Rent Stiffy, I loved Rocco, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I think it became popular again because people like around our age, like people who were seven when it started, were now like what, you know, closer to your age when you watched it, Chelsea. So they were and like- they could buy merch. They could buy oh, merch man. at Hot Topic. They were listening to their shitty emo music, which I listened to too, don't worry. And uh, <laughs> they were like finding themselves again. And they were like, whoa, the show was actually cool and dark. And cool and dark. Everyone loved Gur. Remember everyone loved Gur? I was so into Gur. That Gurr's was like cute, that though. one hoodie. That was Gurr's face that you pulled over your mm-hmm. head? Yeah. 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 You I had didn't, that? No, I did not. But I just knew so many, so many people. It was such a, like, a particular signifier. Yeah. You know? It could, you could, like, draw a caricature of a person and that would be it. I had Gurr slippers. Aww. Yeah. They were, <laughs> that was so good. That was so good. <laughs> His little tongue. That's uh, just the best yeah. part. He's so cute. Uh, yeah, I love that show so much it's on hulu um so it's your time and i was re-watching it a couple months ago when i was very depressed because that's the kind of show you watch when you're depressed is freaking invaders which is already horribly sad totally fine um and it's just so funny and so unique still so i'm very excited for the special now even more so all right well i think that does it for our show this week this was a really good one. Um, thank you so much. Pat- what if you were like, this episode was shit? <laughs> thank it's you all Patrona and Palmer's fault. Thanks for never <laughs> coming back. <laughs> Peace. Deuces. No. Thank you Patrona and Palmer. I guess also thank Allegra. Um, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and no, I, I, it was really fun talking, uh, especially considering I'm not trying to be like, I'm old, but <laughs> it is nice to have like different perspectives on the show. And and I really enjoy talking to y'all. Oh, thank you for having us. Yeah. You're welcome back anytime. We all said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like very nicely harmonized. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, as always, if you like the show, please give us a rating, uh, five stars only on iTunes. Um, sorry, Apple podcasts, if you could, and also just give us a nice review. Always send us emails at polygonshow at polygon.com. This has been the Polygon Show. 